This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Kennedy. I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Sandra Smith, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. I'm John Saucier. One of the most powerful tools in the war chest of Russian President Vladimir Putin might be information. He can use it to cast influence or shield people from it so they don't know what's actually going on. It's very, very, very difficult for the Russians nowadays to have access to the truth. And that's precisely what Putin wants. This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Vladimir Putin's Victory Day speech in Russia didn't live up to many analysts' expectations. He didn't highlight any sort of huge recent Russian positive war story out of Ukraine. And he didn't formally declare war on Ukraine, allowing him to call up more reservists. But it actually turns out that withholding information may be more effective for the Russian president. I have to tell you, I was actually not surprised um, that Putin resorted using such a rhetorics because, um, uh, first of all, May the 9th is tremendously important uh, patriotic holiday um, um, in Russia. We're speaking today with Dr. Ivana Strodner. She serves as an advisor to the Foundation for the Defense of Democracy's Barish Center for Media Integrity. Everyone, you know, expected uh, that Russia would formally declare war or even enable large-scale mobilization. Uh, but the real question is, like, why why, why would Putin even do it? Because um, he can use information operations inside his country in the way that he wants, and his like the Russians, they already believe that that this particular what they call it special operation, what we call it here, war is going quite well. Um, so Russia already, you know, failed uh, in its main goal, which was to occupy Ukraine, to install its puppet regime, because Putin miscalculated. And now we are approaching the phase two of the war, which is basically to focus on Ukraine's Donetsk and Luhansk oblast, and uh, we'll see actually more activities, I think, in the southern of Ukraine, including places such as Mariupol or Kherson. So uh, Putin actually used, you know, his speech to emphasize how the war is going quite well. And he did not want to announce any change, but rather to reemphasize already existing Russian strategy, because the Russian people, they believe that it's quite successful. So no really need to declare war. And also don't forget about one thing. Uh, Putin also does not want his population at this stage to be even more involved in this thing in terms of um, uh, his citizens, he does not really want to drag them more, especially because they think, you know, sanctions will have more and more effort, uh, more and more impact in the country. So this will also pose uh, additional um, additional uh, risk uh, to Vladimir Putin. Um, and uh, other than that, uh, I think, you know, more or less, that's it. Let's focus on the information that Russians are getting. You 
expertise is on information operations within Russia. Now, we know before this war began, Putin passed a law which said journalists can only cover information that's coming straight from Russian state media. We still, though, are getting reports of dissidents speaking out against Russia. Those recent cyber attack on Russian media claiming other information besides what was already involved and already reported. Do you think that this strategy of keeping of Putin keeping his own Russian people in the dark about this war is sustainable long term? Or are they going to find out what's really going on eventually anyways? And it's going to look even worse for their leader. So far, you know, it's going quite well because um this has been a long Russian strategy because, unfortunately, you know, many people look at this situation from uh, February 2022. But we should actually go back when we are discussing uh, Russian media darkness all the way back to t- even 20 years ago when Putin came to power. Because the first thing that he did with his uh, um, national security strategy was actually to focus on information warfare because he has had this paranoia that the United States has been organizing different, you know, trying to organize color revolutions in Russia for the past 20 years. And he made sure, you know, um, that uh, media is fully under his control. Think about this. Um, According to the latest public opinion, uh, 80% of the Russians actually support Russia's military activities in Ukraine. Um, But only, you know, 50% strongly, you know, support war. And the real question is, how is that possible? Number one thing that Putin had to do was to completely put media under his control. And not only that, to impose draconian sanctions or anyone who is going um, outside of the realm of, of, of official the Kremlin's rhetoric. So, but again, think about this. This is again, you know, nothing new because all the way back to the 2020, putting sign even a legislation allowing Russia to further restrict social media platforms in order to protect Russia's digital sovereignty. In 20. 2017, Russia officially banned a virtual private network, VPN. So it's very difficult nowadays really to have access to the truth because as we all know, you know, Twitter, Google, Facebook, TikTok, they all have um, uh, um, limits uh, how they operate uh, inside Russia. So what you are facing right now is a complete censorship. Um, like, and we found the different ways, you know, how we can actually reach to the Russians. Certainly, you know, younger generations, for example, example, they, they find ways how to use VPN systems. BBC uh, decided to use shortwave radio to go back all the way to, to the Cold War techniques. Um, how people, for example, the Russians are very creative people. So uh, within Russia, for example, people are using even emojis to organize protests while avoiding the government censors. Um, that really helped, helps them. Or there is another thing, something that is called Russia, called Russia, that facilitates uh, uh, basically action that many people can reach to the Russians with more than 40, per- 40 million Russian available phone numbers so they can provide news about Ukraine. But it's very, very, very difficult, you know, uh, for the Russians nowadays to have access to the truth. And that's precisely what Putin wants. And that's, you know, something that uh, I've been I've been emphasizing for uh, several months while we protected ourselves from the Russians, uh, from Russia's disinformation campaigns, we haven't done much to help the Russians inside Russia to have access to the truth. 
So possibly uh, an untapped opportunity for Americans, as you know, the Biden administration has sent a number of weapon systems into Ukraine. But what have we actually done to educate the Russian people directly? That's a very good question there. And it's a great point. And I'll give you. Uh, if I if I may just interrupt you here, because I think this is quite you know important. Um, uh, the Russians, for example, uh, they don't even use Twitter. Like only three percent of the Russians use Twitter. But even though you know Twitter is not even available there, but there is uh, there are alternative uh, social media platforms such as Vcontacte, for example, or Telegram. Um, the United States government just recently opened uh, their um, their their profiles on on those social media platforms. We should do it more. We should be more active over there. We should provide uh, information um, in, in Russian language to the Russian people to have access to all these things. So I think there are plenty of creative opportunities uh, for the United States to counter Russian disinformation campaign inside Russia. Our guest today is Dr. Ivana Shradner. She serves as an advisor to the Foundation for the Defense of Democracy's Barish Center for Media Integrity. We're talking about the information war within the war between Russia and Ukraine. We'll have more for you right after this. Let's talk about Vladimir Putin's overall strategy, not only with Ukraine, but with other authoritarian regimes in the area. He doesn't want democracy to take hold around his country because then there is the threat that he may lose power and other authoritarians also. Can you just give me kind of a broad view of Putin's strategy to that front? How is he able to crush democracy and how is he recruiting other authoritarian regimes to join him? I'm thinking about Belarus and other countries like that. So uh, Vladimir Putin has feared, you know, any democratic regime since he came to power, if not even before, given his background uh, as a KGB agent. Uh, But if you really look at a broader Russian strategy, I mean, even what Russia has been doing in Europe over the past more than a decade, undermining democracy, both in Europe and in the United States. In terms of um, other authoritarian regimes, I'm so glad that you asked me this question because I have to go go back to the notion of information operations. Well, everyone is celebrating, not everyone, but when I mean people are celebrating um, um, the fact that basically we won information warfare against Russia, I have to tell you, Russia is doing quite well in Latin America, in places such as Venezuela, or let alone in in Africa, uh, in uh, promoting, um, undermining any uh, Western influence over there. Um, And Russia is doing, you know, quite well um, in undermining also American influence over there. So uh, they need to have uh, their allies um, and Putin is doing quite well on that front because um, to undermine NATO, to undermine the European Union and to undermine democracy writ large is something that Putin deeply cares about. Yeah, and the world should deeply care about it as well because it's dangerous. Absolutely. And this is, you know, why I think we should do definitely more on that front, like to to uh, counter Russian um, uh, influence operations in all those countries using our uh, offensive influence operations in places such as um, Africa or in places such as, let's say, 
in Latin America like Venezuela. Dr. Ivana Stradner from the Foundation for the Defense of Democracy's Barish Center for Media Integrity. She knows how Russia weaponizes information and just gave us some really great examples about it as this war has so many different facets to it. But this is definitely one that's important because we all know information is one of the most important commodities on Earth. Dr. Stradner, thank you so much for your time and thanks for joining us on the Fox News Rundown War in Ukraine podcast. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.